Matt talking about chanting students. This will be very entertaining. Great. Um, thanks, Camille. Um, so I'm in the School of English at University of Sheffield, um, and I did my PhD in folklore. So some of this, you hopefully, you'll. Uh, are there any folklorists in the audience? Oh, I thought you put him on that. Sorry. No, good. So you might learn something about folklore as well here. Um, so um, I'm going to talk about ch chanting, which I'm going to say, I'm going to situate it as a subgenre of blason populaire folkloric genre that presents a stereotype of a particular group or region. It's a very, very traditional thing. So, Blasphemy Populaire, uh, you can, the, the most traditional one is the Men of Gotham, um, which I think is a village near Nottingham, um, I think. Um, and basically, it's, it's um, or, or Englishmen, Irishmen, um, Scottishmen, jokes, etc. Blasphemy Populaire. You know. um, so, chanting as one. So, Let's say a chance is an expression of one group's outlook and self-image, often involving the implied simultaneous detraction <coughs> and detriment of another rival group. And another continuum for you here, integrative and divisive, okay? So let's have an integrative chance. If I was to say um, student experience network and you all went student experience network, <laughs> yeah? That would be very integrative <laughs> chance. So, if we were to have, or I could go, 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 and you could go, Student Experience Network, like that. <laughs> so we'd all come together, you know, as that. Um, if we have a divisive chance, um, you know, many, many chants appear solely divisive, but in fact they're performing an integrative function. They're also bonding the group the same chant. So, divisive chant, we could, uh, for example, choose another network, so it could be, we hate X network, like that, and that would be a divisive chant with saying that, of course we're not going to do that, so it's ridiculous in this situation, but we'll hear a lot of divisive chants here. Okay, so I'm going to talk about um, my methodology. It's going to be quite historic, um, this, this thing. I'm going to do a visual field mode from 2006, talk about student chanting. Chanting itself, talk about tradition, and I'm going to conclude with some thoughts on banter, hopefully. Um, so, what did I do? I did a participatory ethnography of students at the University of Sheffield. Um, my research period was five years, very long really, um, and I was actually a resident in a student hall that I'm going to talk about for a couple of years as well. Um, so, I asked permission of the students via email and um, a general meeting with them. Um, I asked venues in advance that I was going to be doing research there. I always asked before taking portrait photography. Um, since 2010, I've not been so engaged in student culture as a formal researcher. So, there is a kind of, this is some backdrop to where we find ourselves now, I think. Um, so, what, uh, this was my, my thesis, the pleasures of being a student at the University of Sheffield. What I was really interested in, I wasn't asking questions about ladism. I was asking how undergraduate students identify as a group outside the official university agenda of learning and teaching. Um, I was really, I mean, the question I was trying to answer is, what do students see, what is a typical student? I was really interested in that middle territory. What is a student, what does a typical student do when they're not studying? Um, one of the first things I'd like to say about studying students, especially in a mobile traditional university like the University of Sheffield, it's a very dynamic group. So you've got undergraduates, you've got one year leaving every year, one year coming in, yeah? So... It's dynamic, however, um, and that means that training, disciplining the new students coming in is really important. 
to the students there. There's a lot of induction into student culture. So you are you know, switching over all the time. So in fact, it can be quite conservative because, in a sense of tradition, because, um, you know, um, because there is such a lot placed on training the first years how to be a student. Um, however, that does mean that traditions can also just begin in one kind of year, and then suddenly that's part of, 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 that, of how to be one. Um, so, um, so again, my, my, my focus was non-international undergrad students aged between 17 to 20 at the time of their first year of study, living away from parents or family in full-time education. Um, and uh, Sheffield tries to boast that it has the um, widest class profile um, of the Rust Group universities, but it, it's, uh, uh, I was essentially, um, uh, if I looked at the statistics, most of my participants were middle class. Um, if I spoke to students, a lot of them would identify with, uh, uh, as working class, or, or a significant amount of them. Um, so, and yeah, I looked at how they, they, they constructed the typical students. Um, so how did I do this? I was there a lot, I lived with them, and I looked at performance, okay? <coughs> looking at performances, and um, so I'm looking at identity, and um, I'd utterly agree with what's been said before, being a student is something that you're often like, well, I'm not a typical student, people would say. But I did do something quite studenty the other night. <laughs> yeah, they say that. Um, and so, interestingly, the only group that would say, I'm just a typical student, yeah, I'm your average student, would be the sporty students. Uh, definitely, they would identify with being the typical students. Um, so, beyond all of this, the performance, and if, if we think about it as a performance, I think we'll understand a lot about banter and laddism, is, is going out. Going out is, the, is, is what a typical student does. It's, it's what enacts that identity. Within that, I looked at some sort of folkloric genres. Uh, dancing, fancy dress, and fancy dress, which all students do, that really emphasises the performative nature of going out. It makes it so obvious. You know, I'm sure we're all aware with sort of students fancy dressing. Yes, yeah. Uh, pranks, rough play, games, songs, chanting. Looked at material culture a lot. I'm going to talk about chanting today. Um, so I found that this, what was really important to this performance of going out sort of begins with a lot of objectivity, objectifying, I should say. A lot of dressing up, a lot of making it the kind of event, and it always ends in dissolution. There's that pattern from being very kind of... Um, together at the start and you'll see there'll be a lot of chanting, there'll be a lot of um, def definition and it will all tend to lead, the script of the performance is it leads to a, uh, a kind of breakup of that. Um, obviously mediated by alcohol and that is the key thing because it is led by a product, it's led by a business. So it's all about the nighttime economy. It's all about this. Um, I'm very interested in the imaginary. As I said, identities like what is a typical student, not really maybe social reality, although I do ground all my performances in context. <coughs> okay, so just going to take you through a visual research note from 2006, Fancy Dress Bar Crawl. This is an, an initiation to Tapton Hall. It's in Freshers Week. It's the first time the whole hall has had their um, uh, uh, an outing together. So this is a residential hall of about 300 students um, and there they all there in the afternoon and then 
in the corridors, there's some vodka sachets and a vodka bottle as they were getting ready. Um, so then the fancy dress stuff starts out, it's some typical, typical uniform. Here we have a second year. You can see he's got his megaphone because he's going to be disciplining these students and how to behave. Um, you've got um, uh, someone here dressed as a doctor, it's quite a banterous, uh, fancier physical, and then he's a sort of killer doctor, if you know what I mean. Um, and then these two, um, that's the JCR president, you can see his whistle there, dressed as a nun, um, and, uh, 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 and also a member of the JCR there, by Aussie. Um, so here we have a selection of second years who have returned to the hall for this, to try and pass on what they have learnt to the students, dressed as policemen, also very disciplinary. And there you have some um, first year students who had no idea that they were going to have a fancy dress crawl in their second, first or second day of university, but knew to take some fancy dress equipment with them to university. Um, so the night started in Tapton up Hall here, and the Liam, the, the, um, uh, the, a participant in my research and a great collaborator in there, he was the JCR president, had speakers and he led them in, um, uh, in welcome to the hall, he led them in the chanting. The chanting began here, intricate chanting, Tapton, Tapton, Barmy Army, that was the chant. Um, and then, as all the halls of residence in, in Sheffield came through the town, they went on a pub crawl and they would meet other halls of residence on the same pub crawl through that. Each hall of residence hated each other hall of residence that have their own intricative and divisive chants. Okay? And there, so we see another hall of residence here, and you'll see they're all wearing white t-shirts, and this whole night is ending at a big nightclub in Sheffield. So this is from another hall of residence, and you can see, um, this is a whole other paper in itself about Ladism and Banter. White t-shirt nights. You know, white t-shirt nights where script is scrawled on the body. Um, you know, and there's lots of image and reality stuff there. You'll see that it's got a vodka, it's not actually vodka revolution, it's a knockoff of that on there. To think that this is subversive would be wrong. This is very much supported by the nighttime economy. This is, this is a kind of, this has been organized in advance and arranged with businesses. Um, that's a great photo. I really like that photo. It's taken in a bar. And so you have, um, you have a chance situation here. You've got one hall chanting at another. They're over there. And quite an uncomfortable image in that center there, isn't it? I don't know, actually know what's going on in that image, but it's quite uncomfortable. Um, so just to give you an idea of hopefully this will work, Francois, if you would click on that image, it should turn into a video. And hopefully, is that sound? Oh, will this work? It's not going to damn work. That's a shame. Oh, no, it hasn't worked. Never mind, they never do. This, would, this day wouldn't be complete without a presentation, PowerPoint failure. Um, so there, there you would have heard how rowdy and loud the chanting is, how aggressive it is. Um, and then here they are going through the central square in town, and there's that, uh, the War Memorial is there, someone brought this up to me, that's the one that a Hallam student weed on, and then, you know, etc. got in there. So there they are, sort of all going away, that's the end of the night, and they go, at the end of the night, and they go to Kingdom, that's a photo of the dance floor there, where the whole group is brought together ends in dissolution and everyone's going to find their own. Um, okay, so the hall president wrote of this, you know, in a diary which was sent, then sent out to all the students. Um, this is how he described that night. Bar is getting quite busy with people asking, what is this main event all about? In hindsight, the answer is simple. Mayhem on a large scale. Chance, complaining security, an introduction to a JCR 2006, beer and banter, a cut head, loads of mess. 
Um, so, this formed the template for this hall, which met every Monday and basically did just that. Every Monday, the nighttime economy works by a clock, and each day has its pattern. Wednesday is the sporty day. Um, I think, uh, does anyone know? Why, is, does everyone know um, Wednesday is the kind of sports day? Does anyone know why that is? I think it's because the national sports, is it Bucks, they play on a Wednesday? They do, and well, the reason it is, I think it's the University of Aberdeen, I think in the 1920s, said no lectures on Wednesday afternoons for students and there should be a sort of healthy time. And that one thing was adopted by other universities and then suddenly we have Wednesday sport today. Um, so, so the hall met every Monday, um, it was joined by previous residents who had come. They were led by chanting for Tapton and general hatred of rival halls, quote, um, in a pre-club tanking up session before heading on Master Kingdom. Um, and so this is the kind of bedrock of the social life of this hall, weekly, Monday, etc. Um, for example, this is them organizing another event on a Monday. This was sent out to all students. Tapton, Tapton, Barmy Army. Tapton v. Ramlod v. Halifax, Barmy Army pub, bar crawl to plug. Reports Tapton Bar at 20 hundred hours, prepare for battle. Full specification army gear required, fancy dress. We are outnumbered, but we have the spirit. We will not be defeated. Good luck, comrades. We're counting on you. Um, some of the integrative chants they had, we had Tapton, Tapton, Barmy Army. So, um, Sorby Army, Ramlod till I die. Um, and University of Sheffield as a whole does not have an integrative chant for the whole thing. Um, Sheffield Hallam does, boing boing, Sheffield Hallam. That's their, 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 their chant there. Divisive chants. Heard this so many times, you can shove your fucking rammer up your ass. You shove your fucking rammer up your ass, etc., etc. Versus, you know, if you all hate Tapton, clap your hands. If you all take Tapton, on and on. Um, so here's a quote about this chant in the in the in the uh, perspective of football: the army of the fans who can be seen to be met metaphorically fighting for their cause, i.e., their team, repeated indefinitely at speed, giving the feel of military <coughs> marching songs. Bless you. And I indeed remember this sort of idea of the, the group and these chanting going through into to town as I was late in the office doing my PhD, and it really did feel, feel like that. Um, so, um, interestingly enough, um, chants were banned at the University of Sheffield after the unofficial Tapton Freshers Bar Crawl 2006 which, in the words of the JCL president, had led to theft, banter, and minor damage. Um, the animosity led to, from this, led to an incident involving male and female students chanting and physically fighting. Um, so the university <laughs> censored its students from engaging in divisive chanting. Um, so they didn't know the word divisive chanting, but they said, you can't say, uh, you can shove your fucking ram more up your ass, um, but you can still say, Tapton, Tapton, Barmy Army. So. Um, much of this was to do, do with this being built in September 2007. So you've seen a big structural change whereby your old hall system um, <coughs> has gone into this village system. Yeah? So there's now this big village. There it is envisioned with students not chanting. Um, and here we have it in reality there, some lovely flowers. Um, so how students lived, they went from um, a hall community of 300 to one of these villages which is based in flats of 10, yeah? Um, and each flat of 10, uh, uh, you, there'll be a toilet in every room, share every room, they'll share a kitchen. So even though it appears that these are blocks and stuff, your actual unit of inhabitation is a lot smaller. This really does change how 
uh, chanting culture has behaved. And indeed, it was introduced as a means of social control because the, the, the old hall system was, uh, uh, amongst other things, the old hall system did lead to big groups of people consuming a lot of alcohol in the nighttime economy. Students loved them. Real sense of community, etc. cetera, there. Um, uh, so bar staff instructed to close bars should chanting occur on university property. And then in Tapson's last year, there was no chanting. Um, the university was accused of betraying student tradition. It's subdued. There are so many different friendship groups that don't think of integrating. I am, I'm really disappointed. I met some really good friends, but the spirit of the place is not there. So many complaints from male and female students about not being able to chant. Um, uh, however, the university put it through, and indeed, this hall-based chanting culture has completely disappeared. You don't get that in the student village at all. Um, before I go on to universities, Hallam, um, I will say that this, it really does demonstrate how, I mean, if you call this a laddish behaviour, but how easy um, uh, uh, it is, this behaviour is just to, just, just to engage in, you know, a chant, and, and, and then you're there, and it does have intricative devices. Um, certainly, you wouldn't have had many sexist chants, misogynistic chants, um, in the whole situation where your group going out was very mixed. However, in this situation, now, when you've got ten lads in there, ten men together, chosen to work together, sporty lads, they'll go out, of course they're going to chant. They don't mind trying getting tints out or whatever, you know? It's a different phrase. It's a different social group that's doing the chanting. Um, there. Um, so, in, in a way, it's stopped um, that mass thing, but it has encouraged, I think, more polarisation of um, gender behaviour. Uh, where are we? Right, right, so to talk a little bit about university versus Hallam charts, these are also initiatory, and um, they happen in the exercises of the nighttime economy, sports matches as well, and emphasises the performance aspect of chance and how it relates to the performing group. So you could have two halls hating each other, you know, chanting at each other, and then suddenly some Hallam students are there, and you've got Hallam versus university instantly. These are fascinating in terms of HE. So typical divisive chant from Hallam, I'd rather be a poly than a cunt. Countered by University of Sheffield students with, I'd rather be a Campanella. <laughs> Many more divisive chants by university students towards Hallam. There's a reason for this. So I go, I go somewhere, you don't go uni, uni. I don't go somewhere, you, you don't go university. I said all the time. Give us an E, E, give us an E, E, give us an E, E, where'd you get into Hallam? Your dad works for my dad. Absolutely awful. La, 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 la. Um, this is all happens. Um, this is to the tune of Wonderwall. Can you read that? Today was going to be the day where you finally learnt your ABC. By now you should have found a way to count up to three. Da -da -da -da, et cetera. Um, and then this is the Adams family. Your sister is your mother. Your father is your brother. Fucking one another. The Howland family, da 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 da, and everyone claps. Um, so, the four topics of uni Hallam chanting is sexuality, intelligence, wealth, and arrogance. Sheffield students, particularly women, but not always women, are portrayed by Hallam as ugly, sexually experienced, and, um, and arrogant. Sexually inexperienced. Hallam students, particularly women, are portrayed as sexually attractive, but permissive, stupid, and poor. Um, so, 
Um, much commentary on, Ch on Hallam's origin as a poly. Um, by, and then also you've got reclaimed language notes by the Hallam students using poly in a much, they've reclaimed that word as an intricative device with the poly, come on. So why are there so many kind of awful comments from University of Sheffield to Hallam? You can remember that the chanting lexicon itself lends itself to this. All of these are football chants. All of these chants are football chants. And they are typically concerned, football chants are concerned with intelligence, wealth, and morality, sexual and otherwise, blasphemy populaire. We're talking about two towns that are near each other. They're going to have rivalry. Everyone from that town, one town is posher than the other, or whatever. So, due to the perceived stratification of the HE system, um, Hallam students are left with a poverty of response almost in a chant form, because the lexicon doesn't really deliver the counter to it. The only chance they, they have within the chanting lexicon. Um, is, the, um, um, is the ones concerning sexuality. You're all virgins, basically. Um, it's the one that they, the, 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 that they chant back. Um, so, uh, not only does this demonstrate highly competitive HE, um, but it's very, it's, it's interesting how that the, uh, the, 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 the intelligence and wealth is never really challenged, but also kind of embraced by how and And I do believe uh, Patrick and, and, and uh, uh, certain others has told me that this is a really familiar pattern when you've got an older university and a polytechnic and universities. And this, this, chant, this chant thing is, is, is fairly UK. Um, so what do we find here? We find very individualised students, desperate for identity, finds it in the identity performances of the nighttime economy at the expense of any sense of solidarity, certainly. Um, that's interesting, the expense of solidarity. So chanting is part of the collective performance of going out. Let's remember, this is, this is putting going out. Um, and there's certainly a traditional aspect amplified. Now, this will hopefully blow your minds. OK, Vast, the varsity yell. Ikama, how am I doing for time? Uh, about 10 minutes. Cool. Ikamalayo, ki. Ikamalayo, ki. Ikamalayo, ki. Ah, disco doki, disco doki. That's the University of Sheffield Latin thing, I think. Usha, usha, oi! We be Sheffield hokey pokey, hip, 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 hooray. Sheffield, Sheffield, S H E double F I E L D. Sheffield. Great. So, this chance I found in the Union Diary for 1935 <laughs> and 1936. It's in fact called the Yell. And there are many mentions of the Yell in connection with dances. So within the student press, which I have read throughout the whole 20th century of the University of Sheffield, the yell is big there. It's still being given in the early 60s, um, when dances were done with the singing of the university song, and finally, the yell. Um, so notice it's called the varsity yell. It's definitely related to sport. It's definitely an adoption from US fashion in the 1920s. Um, and I'm sure that, that, that you'll find a yell at any um, HEI with the exception of perhaps Oxbridge Colleges, I don't know, and Durham Bells, um, in the UK um, in this period. So, um, uh, so again, this is quite an insight. There's no mention of chanting in the student press or materials from the 1970s on. So we can suggest that the yell died out in uh, the 60s, I would say. Um, so, the earliest mention of football style imports is a feature in the press from May 2000. And that's a year after the union had committed to six nightclubs a week. Um, so, um, Tapton JCR president, Liam, my uh, participant, 
he seemed to believe that uh, 2001 was a key year for its introduction into Tapton. So this fits in with my very much larger kind of thing about what is student culture, that we have three phases, possibly four phases. We don't, who knows? So you have, if you imagine, a very HEI-centric, homogenous culture that breaks down in the early to mid-60s. Um, very much based around the union at the University of Sheffield, um, very hierarchical, very male, very um, uh, uh, women as, as certainly as um, a, a lesser partnership um, within the union structure. Um, this broke down due to, um, uh, well, the 60s, youth culture expansion as well. Um, and so we have, I think, I would describe it, and I haven't just used chanting in my research, I've used lots of other things um, that, that students do, have done traditionally. Um, this breaks down mid-60s to the late 60s, it goes on, I would say, to the late 80s and early 90s, where we see a very heterogeneous per period of student culture, where there is a lot of voices, um, there is a lot of behaviours, of how there are a lot of different performances of how you enact being a student. Um, and I think we had some, some mention earlier, Carol, about the, 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 the politics in that time, etc. Um, and certainly, um, you know, the 70s were a fascinating decade to read the student press. I recommend all of you, um, if you, if your institution has student uh, paper in the 70s, go read it in your library. It's amazing. You get all sorts of, you know, you get, um, I'm, I'm going on a tangent here, but you get page three happening in Sheffield 1. You get how to roll a joint on the front page. You get huge amount of protests. You get such a, a wealth of different competing kind of like what is it? Then, in the uh, in the nineties, we have um, the nighttime economy centric. The nighttime e economy centric homogenous culture develops, whereby you still get traditional behaviours. Um, uh, however, they are manipulated by the market. They are the market begins to. To, to form them. Certainly in Sheffield, and um, uh, I'll have to say, um, and I think this is a valid point to the NUS and to student union representatives here, that the union is a major player in the nighttime economy in Sheffield. Um, huge player, and I know it's not so much in other universities, but in some universities and towns it is, and a lot of, of, of these changes are down to the union itself competing with the city to kind of create a nightclub economy. So this is when going out becomes the performance, I think, or the, the, you know, and it becomes based around nightclubs, not pubs. Um, so mar the market magnifies elements of student culture as the system massifies. Big question, I finished my research in 2010, is it breaking down again? Are there more changes now with the new fee regime, with other stuff? I'd love to know. Um, I will also say that in terms of how we are in this country, that this this is not just about universities, but this is also about um, uh, uh, Britain as well, you know, and, 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 and that we have certainly amongst youth um, this, this pattern where, where this, this, you know, going out nightclub and ladism always has to be thought within this wider frame. Um, so, chanting embedded in the performance of going out, I would argue that ladism is embedded in the performance of going out. Um, that's the major performance of how you enact identity in the UK um, for anyone under 30, 25, 30, maybe, I don't know. Um, so, um, very disciplinary, 
in a student situation. It's essential for a dynamic group. It must be disciplinary. You must train the new ones coming in. Um, key thing to think about is what is the group going out? How is that group structured and what structures that group? Halls are gone at the University of Sheffield with all that hierarchy, all that very strict disciplinary <coughs> training that they provide. Um, now we have small flats where you have interpersonal hierarchy. Yeah? And, and I think, again, you've got an upsurge of Ladism, um, or whatever you call it there. Um, very much, there's, there's, a, there's, there's more of a, a, a ground for this here. Um, therefore, one could argue there is now more emphasis in universities, um, especially if this is the accommodation shift on clubs, to provide that, especially in terms of training. If you're not having training on how to be a student from your residence, from your hall of residence, it puts some emphasis on clubs and societies. Um, and then universities themselves, um, it's interesting how Hallam have an integrative charm, they have a real sense of themselves as a university, in a way. Um, main, mainly because probably they are tapped so much from the University of Sheffield students. Um, so, um, have I got time to talk about banter? About three minutes. Cool. Okay, so banter. So there's lots of US ethnographies of students. Um, uh, there's only mine uh, for UK. Um, and the stress, the difference is there, stress on friendliness and the banter is such, such important to University of Sheffield, definitely more important to mine. So you can ask for hundreds of folk definitions about having a laugh, a bit of a chat, having a bit of fun. Um, I would say it's a form of cultural capital trading supported by the nighttime economy. Um, and it's a form of capital that is not just shared by students, but, but it's shared by anyone who interacts with the nighttime economy. Um, it's a discourse mode as well, often engaged in by before and going out. So you'll have people going, yeah, well, they give good banter. They are, they, you, you're embodied banter. You're a banterous person. Girls and boys, you know, they're, they're, they are the banter typically men, as we've discussed today. It's ludic, it's aggressive, it's territorial. Um, the way it goes, the only response, the only acceptable response to banter is to escalate. And the way to lose banter is to say I'm offended by that. Yeah. So I think it is the la the, la the, the, the uh, it's very connected with neoliberalism. I'm trying to develop this argument, you know. Although it's very traditional, of course, but we know, as I've tried to demonstrate, that what the market does is it gets traditions and it plays with them and intensifies them. So I think why it's like that is kind of like you escalate, it always wants more, it always wants to go further and further and further until a crash. Um, it's about dominance and possession, it's about owning, having it, claiming it. So think about the nighttime economy, think about all these little groups using it, going out in little groups, and you're having the best you can of that night. And it's a very competitive market kind of idea. You must own it. You've only got these three years, use them, etc., etc., etc. So fits very well in the liberal-liberal phase of the, the, the third thing. Shares elements with back to his carnivalesque, of course, but it totally lacks uh, the, uh, uh, the uh, cosmic kind of like interconnectedness uh, that, that, that back to suggested it did have. Um, heavily mediated, we talked about that a lot. Shame, shamelessness, free market, um, definitely uh, connection there, which I've got time to go in. What I'm really interested about, though, is that students are so mediated, and we are also mediated, I shouldn't say students, we are also mediated, and one of the things about banter is even though it pretends to be all a performance, and that's how it's justified, going out is a performance in itself. So if you're bantering when you're going out, you're just acting the whole time. That's how it justifies itself. However, why it's so attractive is that, and I think it's the same with alcohol, 
is that it attempts to break through the performance. It attempts, it convinces its users that they are discoursing reality. Just as when the body is dissolved in alcohol at the end of the night, it's almost as if, oh man, that was the high point, you know, that was, I, I finally got beyond performance. So they're trying, so, so lads especially are trying to, um, trying to uncover something um, earthy and basic, where it's all about desire, totally unplugged into anything kind of to do with the intellect, surrounded by representations. I can understand why it's so appealing to them. Um, I think the challenge is to convince them, in fact, it's a form of political extremism, basically. Um, so, banter, both integrative. Do I have to stop? Right, I have to stop. Okay, so there's a, very quickly, one student, for example, I work with, described female Hamlet students as dirty skanks, and they're only fit to be thrown to the side of the road. I'd like to stress here the integrative function of that, bonding all the people uh, together, saying that. Interestingly, how, you know, most banter occurs, women don't hear it, I think, that the lads do it. It's, you know, lads together in a room at home, well, this will be a currency. So a lot of banter women won't even hear. Um, and there we go, finally, the inbuilt defences that relies on being embedded in general performance and supported by the performing group. So it's not real. So finally, students are a dynamic identity-seeking group that respond to training. Um, my research is based on mobile, traditional students, so easy to study, because they're just going there, they're there, that is their world. You can look at their world. Very much harder when we start thinking about students who aren't mobile, who aren't traditional. There's a lot of other emphasis I've done. All right. Yeah. Let's give that a bit of